This time on episode 490 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Loki season two, episode five, science slash fiction. This podcast was recorded during the 2023 sag After strike. Without the labor of the actors currently on strike, the series being covered here would not exist. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I am Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP, with Puppy Cooper at my feet. Welcome to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. The show is recorded on Saturday, November 4th, 2023, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast. We're still not sure where. Come join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we do like talking about Marvel. Because of getting the band back together. If you'd like to talk to us about getting the band back together. You can visit our website, LegendsOfShield.com. If you need to get a hold of that old guy in your group who probably still just has voicemail, you can just leave him a call at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can talk about all the bands you want on our Discord server at GunnaGeek.com slash Discord. And don't forget that Legends of Shield is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. We should probably have a giant getting the band back together celebration there. Yeah, is Taylor Swift considered a band? No, she's a solo artist. Mm, so there's no getting the band back together for her eras tour. Her backing band, maybe. Mm. But she can hire a new backing band. Well, but then that band would be getting back together. Only if they've been together before. Right. Unless they haven't worked together before, then you've got a whole bunch of strangers having to learn all of her songs and how she wants them arranged. I see uh, you guys are just educating me a ton because I am not a Swifty. I've, I've never really cared about her, but you know, the NFL is forcing me to care about Taylor Swift. So I just, I have to ask these questions. You guys have to educate me. I've aged out of the Swifties. If you say so. All right. We are talking about the penultimate episode of Loki today. You guys ready? I, I need some therapy on this one. You guys ready? Yes. I don't think anybody can be ready for this one. I sure wasn't. Loki season two, episode five, science slash fiction premiered on Disney plus on November 2nd, 2023. Michelle, I'm really curious as to what Disney Plus had to say about this episode. Science slash fiction. Loki traverses dying timelines in an attempt to find his friends, but reality is not what it seems. 
my reality is that what it seems watching this whole thing. Chris, first thoughts. I am both more and less angry about that fade to black now at the end of the previous episode. I thought this was an interesting way to find out what everyone did before they became a member of the TVA. SP's now in code 1229, failsafe mode initiated. All right, guys. Let's talk about that Loki. How was he the only one? The only one that survived. I guess you could say Sylvie, she's a variant, and maybe this is why there's so many Lokis. I don't know. Why is Loki there? One, he was at the end of time. And two, he time slipped. And we still, as you mentioned before, SP, when he was pruned, we don't know the journey his atoms took in order to be reconstituted when we think he was, you know, regular Loki. I went back and watched that scene, by the way, where he came out of the time stream and then Mobius caught him. I watched that again. I just, there is no direct correlation. I was absolutely right. You're absolutely right to point it out. We don't know what happened to him in between that last time slipping and him coming out in the time loom. No idea. Also, Loki has magic and Sylvie has magic. None of the other people we see here have magic. So maybe that has something to do with it, too. Let's talk about Loki's powers, because I think his powers now include being able to time slip. I think that is a new Loki superpower. It's dumbfounding. It depends on how he rewrites the story. Because if he rewrites the story in a way where he stops his ability to time slip, then he would not be able to keep the time slip after he rewrites the story. So Loki doesn't want to be alone. He mentions that when he's drinking with Sylvie. Doesn't want to be alone. He wants his friends. He wants the TVA back because that's where all his friends are. In that case, this whole thing is just about Loki and being able to get back what Loki wants. Now, that's just simple. We, Obi is right. We do need to get the gang back together, the band back together, all the pins in the cup. We need to get the pins in the cup. This is true. Per- perhaps we need to get the pins in the cup at a different place in time and space. One of the things I liked about OB is remembering that whenever you time travel, you're not just traveling in time. You're traveling through time and space because you have to arrive at a location at a specific point in time. Let's talk about the pens. Let's talk about the pens for a second because OB. Okay goes into the the pens in the cup, right? So what kind of pen would each of the characters be? Now, B-15, she's a doctor. She writes on the cast with a Sharpie. So I think B-15 is a Sharpie. That's what I think she is. You guys agree or disagree? Go ahead. I would agree. Yeah, definitely one of the really fine tip Sharpies. Oh, fine tip Sharpie. I was thinking if you write on a cast, you have to have kind of a, a thicker tip. Not the like the huge, thicker marker tip, but a thicker tip, not the real thin pen tip. A regular Sharpie. Yeah, regular Sharpie, right. But a new one. Right, brand new. Casey, he's a criminal, Frank. 
as his alias, right? He's a criminal. He's escaping from Alcatraz. Well, we don't know if he's a criminal or not. Could have been uh, a um, innocent. Well, he was lifting stuff from OBs. And we never know what he was up to. So I don't know. I'm going to show my age here. There were these pens when I was younger. I don't know if you remember them, SP, where you could click down for red or you could click down for black or click down for blue. Like you never know what Casey was going to do. So because of that, that's the pen that I would classify as Casey. I'm good with that. And I'm pretty sure those still exist. I haven't seen them, but I think you might be right. Yeah. They have the click down is from each of the sides. So you just don't, mm-hmm. you, you don't know unless they're colored. You don't know which one is going to bring down which color. Okay. So that's Frank slash Casey and B15. Who's the doctor. OB. He's a physicist and a science fiction author. What kind of pen does a science fiction author and a physicist have? He is using the restaurant staple best pen, a G2, because there's no cap to worry about. And it writes really smooth and neat and almost never gums up as you're going. All right. I got an idea from Mobius is a jet ski salesman. We'll talk more about that later, but he's jet, he's, so he's a salesman, so he needs people to sign on the dotted line all the time, so he needs a pen that works. So I'm going to go with one of those gel pens that you know work every time with a really good signature. That's what I'm thinking. But it has to have one of those novelty water things in it that has a little jet ski, so when he's waiting for people to sign, he can you know play with it and go back and forth. I like that much better. I like that. All right. We'll yeah. go with that one. All right. So the band, that that's basically the band and, and Sylvie. Uh, okay. So what kind of pen is Sylvie? Sylvie is a handmade pen turned in a nice, probably walnut, but it also holds a blade on the back half. <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones that has that sharp where you have to fill in the ink. And it, it's so heavy that you could easily, because if it's so sharp, turn it into a weapon. <laughs> okay, so we got the pens. And as, Michelle, you've put in the show notes, we need to go over where they all are. It doesn't really matter. But Casey is Frank. He's in Alcatraz 1962 in a branch timeline, I believe. And B-15 is a doctor in, in New York in 2021. And Mobius is in Cleveland. And while Cleveland is on the big lake and there are jet skis in Ohio, I just, that's not where I pictured a jet ski salesman to be. So maybe that's what's wrong with Don slash Mobius to begin with. He's a jet ski salesman in Cleveland. The dreaming of jet skis, the way Mobius does, though, I think that makes sense with him being from Cleveland. Perfect unity of fit and form. And then Pasadena is where Obi is. That just takes me Caltech is where he's teaching at, right? But it just takes me back to Big Bang Theory. And uh, it's just what I was thinking of there. But that's where all these people are from the mid-90s or from 1962, really, until the uh, 2020s. And of course, Sylvie is in the 1980s at the McDonald's. So that's where everybody is at and where they've probably been plucked from their timelines. We don't have Ravona, though. So again, Chris, 
I think your theory is still a lie. She could still be a Kang variant. It's gonna happen. I'm the more it doesn't get debunked, the more I'm feeling really solid in my prediction. And of course, General Doc, she was killed last time and, and Brad wasn't there either, but the gang of Loki was Mobius, OB, B15, and Casey. So that's what we all got. And we've already gone through their pens, unless we want to describe the pen of Loki. Loki's is a sleek pen. One of a kind, one of those ones that are super expensive, that are handcrafted, and there's only one of it in the world. Maybe curved a little bit. Yes. Loki horn style. I was a little bit disappointed in this episode that we didn't get Alligator Loki. I was hoping to get to the end of time, but since time is collapsing in on itself, I could see why we didn't. However, I, I still think we can make it there. I'm let's talk about the whole thing right now, because I was looking at this in a can this really impact everything or is it just just a neat side quest? And I think I'm back to it's just a neat side quest that they're fixing everything. Loki is really concerned about he who remains and all the variants as he should be setting that up for the universe. But I don't think this is really going to matter at all other than the time loom is where it's it's like the backstory of how these universes actually are coming together i think i've settled on this is going to establish a big thing that will be important in the main mcu but everything that happens in the series is just going to be cool background information that'll be it'll be nice to know for people like us but for anybody who just experiences it through the MCU, they'll be perfectly fine. Kind of like how WandaVision, if you watched WandaVision and then you watched Doctor Strange, you would get more background about her obsession with the kids, but you didn't need to watch WandaVision in order to understand it. Maybe it's one of those things. Yeah, something like that. It makes me question whether or not when watching all these Disney Plus shows is worth it for the average fan of the MCU. Like 50-50 on that. Because if you really want to know more about it and get ingrained in the universes and and uh, know more about the characters and that sort of thing, yeah, I can kind of see it. But on the other hand, it's like it's not necessary. It's never going to be necessary. They're almost going to self-contain the MCU into the MCU. Yes, it is it homework. I don't think it is. I think it's just nice to know stuff worth doing but not necessary worth doing is subjective it's like some of these i don't i would argue is not worth doing like secret invasion not worth it it's my opinion mostly yeah but okay i'll amend that to worth checking out at least an episode of everything to see if it grabs you in a way that makes you want to continue but also don't feel bad if you get to like episode three or four and decide you're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you get to episode four, there's only two left. So might as well. You're two thirds of the way in. You're all in. So, or was it eight episodes? I can't remember. Anyway, 
So, Michelle, a lot of this episode, as you pointed out, was getting to know the team a little bit better and getting to know their backstories, which I, I actually appreciated because we had all those questions answered of where exactly did everybody come from and who they were before they came to the TVA. But it also it allows you to do some analysis on people, right? It does. I think it's interesting how when it comes to, for example, B-15, after she learned she was a variant, she came into this role of wanting to take care of everyone, wanting to protect the TVA, being able to express herself and express what needs to be done. And we see that when we see her as a doctor trying to express to the little girl to not climb trees. But also fully accepting and acknowledging the fact that that is not going to stop the little girl from climbing trees. I mean, for the most part, everybody here, it makes perfect sense who they are in their own timeline. Mobius, exactly what we would expect. B-15, exactly what we would expect. And then there's Casey. I mean, who had Casey being a criminal or at least criminal adjacent? I did not. I, I pictured him as who's goody two shoes left, right and backwards, really, because that's how he portrays himself inside the TVA. And I was shocked to see him not only be a criminal and, and be ingenious enough. Well, I guess that's part of Casey, right? Being ingenious enough to figure it out to escape. But then to be, as Michelle pointed out earlier, just stealing stuff inside the workshop, OB's workshop. It was. <laughs> Like, okay, well, that's who he really is. It almost makes me wonder if he's working with Renslayer and Kang somehow. I don't think so. I think it's a testament to how, when you become a member of the TVA, how powerful the memory wipe is. Which would go back to the theory of Ravona not really ever remembering. And there hasn't been anything telling her that she is a variant. Uh, he who remains very if the theory is true there's nothing that we've seen so far it's all been thank you very much for helping me out thank you for being there thank you for leading my army that sort of thing but it's never been you are me in another form so to speak but it would just it would fit so much and if marvel and disney doesn't pick it up i you know it's a lost thing that maybe we you know when you're creating something like a, a master's thesis or a PhD thesis or a story, even if it's just fanfic, right? And you're writing it and then you post it out or you start coordinating it. And then other people are like, yeah, but there is this assessment that can come from it. When somebody is taking a look at everything that you've brought together and they're like, well, yeah, I can now connect these dots and you just haven't been able to because you're so close to it. I think maybe assessments and theories like yours chris are like that where we're seeing it and going it just makes so much sense for ravona to be a variant and for the writers and marvel to not see it as it's being created and a lot of times when i'm talking to people like they like they know where their end goal is and so everything is working to get there and they're just so focused on this is where i want to end up that there is no way for them to get their mind onto anything else. 
One of the great things that I've seen on, I don't know the word to call it, but it's story creation through you just creating blocks and then you're posting the blocks as you go along. Like on Patreon or on Reddit, there's subreddits that are designed for stories or fanfic even where you're just doing chapter by chapter and you create possibilities as you're going along and your fans are like, yeah, you really should do this or I can't wait till this happens, whatever. And then as the artist you're and the creator, you're sitting there going, oh yeah, well that makes sense. And then you change things to make that possible versus you're just trying to get to the end point. I think a lot of sequential creators open themselves up to the possibilities of what their creations give them which is not a talent that everybody has there are those that want to create a story a to b and can't deviate and then those that are like hey i don't really care where this goes we can go anywhere with this it's like the stephen king versus george R. R. martin schools of thought on writing stephen king apparently plans a lot while George R. R. Martin sits and just writes with very few notes. Well, I'd say he's doing more sitting than writing lately, but you know. We don't know. Yeah, true. We don't know. We don't know at all. He just might not want his creation. He might have written everything and he just doesn't want it out there yet. I, don't know. I have no idea. All right. I think one of the momentous scenes in this was when Loki goes back to Sylvie and he's expecting her not to know anything. And she's like, Hey Loki. Yeah, I see you. And she thinks she's just back there to live out her life. Right? So they go to the bar and they have that deep conversation. That was one of the more precious moments in this series to date with the two of them. There's no romantic overtones to what they're doing. It is simply them trying to figure out what is important to each of them and i think that was one of the bigger things and then one of the things that i noticed the second time i watched it twice then one of the things that i noticed the second time and i never actually see loki get his shot i think they cut out that shot i could be mistaken but i viewed it a couple of times because i was like did did he actually get the shot but then he when he goes to drink it it's not there like sylvie takes her shot and then leaves and then he tries to go for the shot and it's not there just the same as her mcdonald's left the truck bed right that's loki didn't take it it just disappeared and the same thing for the coffee cup in the record store little things are missing and then the temp pad goes missing because these universes are just disappearing you know item by item atom by atom and it's just they're leaving so my question is with all this stuff leaving, and we can go back to the to the precious moment, but with all this stuff leaving, is it going to the end of time? Is absolutely everything being pruned, or is it just not existing? Or is it being spread out in the universe's atoms? Through entropy? Yes. I hadn't thought about that at all. Okay. Well, that's a good question for everybody to ponder, our listeners, so if you have an answer, let us know. In the meantime, let's go back to the precious moment, because I, I really like that precious moment that's when we finally get a loki who values friendship and loki understanding the facts and accepting the fact that he can't fix this all by himself and sylvie is the one that plants the idea of writing his own story that's what she tells him sylvie go write 
your story like we all are. That's why Sylvie is like, we're all writing our own stories. Go write your own, Loki. At the end, Loki is in Obi's workshop and everybody's disappearing even there. I have the sense that it was like, that was the last despot because Loki was there. That was the last despot of the universes. And he actually starts to grab onto these spaghettification strings. And we figure out that they're actually timelines that he is grabbing and pulling on. So if you can imagine a cockpit without any controls and just wires everywhere and just grabbing onto the wires and pulling the wires and, and being able to control everything around you, I think that is what he's actually doing that the spaghettification is actually timelines and that he can control them. And I can totally understand grasping at things like that. When I was in college, I did a ropes course thing. And for whatever reason, I mean, it freaked me out being up that high, but just holding on to something, even if it wasn't going to help me, if I started to fall, just having something in my hands like that was so reassuring. All right, guys, anything, any other assessments from this one? How you see yourself versus how someone else sees you. When Loki arrives, he's immediately calling them by their TVA name. He's not really acknowledging their spot before they become a member of the TVA. He's calling Don, Mobius, Frank, Casey immediately not even wanting to learn who they are just this is how i see you right he immediately sees them as members of the tva his friends from the tva that's how he sees them all right we have one more episode that's all we got any predictions on how this is going to go chris i'm going to be proven right we are going to get at least one other loki variant i I think alligator would be really easy to pull off because you wouldn't need to find an actor for that. So that's going to be my guess, but I am going to hedge it with at least one other Loki variant. And Kang, in a somehow kept secret, we are going to see who is going to be portraying Kang for the rest of the MCU. Ooh, they're going to slip that in, huh? Yep. All right. Shell. I think Loki is going to be the one in the suit. Remember before Mobius is like, well, it's Loki's turn. And I'm wondering if Loki is going to be able to time slip from getting the suit on, time slip and put the thing in and then time slip back to where he can avoid becoming spaghetti. I can see that because that moment needs to play out. I'm thinking part of his fixes is that he fixes he who remains his death. I think I'm going to be opposite of you, Chris, here. I think they're going to go back and he's going to prevent Sylvie from killing he who remains. Because killing he who remains then leads to all of this mess. So I think that's going to be part of it. I actually enjoy thinking of a recasting of he who remains in this. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think other than that, it's going to be of no consequence to the MCU whatsoever. They're going to fix it. No consequence. And this will be the end of Loki. We won't see Loki again. Wait, if he goes back and he stops Sylvie from 
killing he who remains, then we won't have this season two wouldn't have happened. Well, it's not necessarily true, but it could be part of a time loop. Yeah. Right. I just hope if he does that, he remembers to go back downstairs to meet OB. Right. Hey, how you doing, OB? Yeah, so we'll see. I, I, it's wide open. I Again, as of the ending of last episode, we have no idea what's going on. I think this series is going to be lent much better to people that are able to binge it versus people that are able to sit week to week. It's just my speculation. Because just not knowing anything and, and having to grasp on to theories that may or may not be true, while that is fun, I think if the theories prove false, I think it takes some of the fun out for your fans. So you got to be careful with that. You know, if you give them enough theories, enough space to create theories, good theories, but then just slap them down and you're wrong, then the people are like, well, why should I watch this again? Right. I've lost the game. I don't like to lose the game. It's just my thought. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Yes. My mom is someone who would not like watching this one episode at a time. She would want to binge it. Yeah. Well, I think binging it would be better. I really like the force time in there. And I'm a person where it's like, okay, I lost this round, but let's play again. Okay. All right. Anything else? Last words? I loved when every time he would, Loki would come through like a time portal. He had this look of come with me if you'd like to save the universe. Come with me if you want to live. Oh, I know. That was... Just the fact that Obi was able to pull off everything because of his own research. It's a really time loopy, bootstrappy, pulley thing, but it works here. And I'm going to have to watch it again because I watched this without Kaylee. And so far, I have not spoiled anything for her, which is a big surprise because this one was just so exciting. Yeah, it's been fun to me, at least watching this something to do something to pass the time i just have questioned the whole time it's applicability and where what the expectations actually are and with marvel especially post phase three the lower the expectations i have the more fun i have with a project which means i inherently have really high expectations and maybe that's just not for the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, including the TV shows. I don't know. So uh, we'll see what happens next week. It'll be our last show on Loki. Um, I believe Echo has been slipped to 2024. So the last thing we'll have after that will be the Marvels. And we'll review that in two weeks. So, okay. Michelle, what do we got going on? We are going to time slip our way out of here. Thank you to everybody who has been communicating with us and uh, talking with us on the Discord server about this series. We really appreciate you. And if you have any more theories, we'll be glad to talk to you about them and say what happens with them after the finale. I'd like to thank our listeners. We always appreciate how you have stuck with us and you listen to us all the way to the end. You don't have to. Because there's so much to consume, yet you do. So we love you for it. 
And yes, I would like to super reiterate what SP has said. If you like a theory that we've come up with, or you want to argue with us about a theory we've come up with, you know, definitely let us know. And especially the person who brought the theory up, like it's so much fun to talk to fans about things and have those discussions. So, you know, if you hate or love my Renslayer is a Kang variant theory, come talk to me because that we can have a whole way to involve conversation about that. There's, there's never a way to involve conversation when it comes to fandom. You always go as deep as you want to, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 Grab your mug on the way out. Puppy Cooper is still at my feet. <laughs> Hasn't made a sound. I know. I'm very disappointed in that. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hey, how come my all my cool fake newsy stuff is not showing up for you to see? I don't know. I just see now you're an agent of shield. That's not cool. Oh no. Oh no, Mr. Bill. And you're too young to get that. Probably. Yeah. And you would have had to watch Saturday Night Live. Oh no. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.